<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Mark Moses. We live in an age of a new Gutenberg press, which is going to bind us together and change communications beyond what we ever thought possible. And I would like to welcome back one last time this week, our favorite <laughs> actor, producer, director, Klingon, Mary Chifo. <laughs> I, I <like> that. <laughs> Klingon Empress. Also, only he's welcoming you back, Mary. I don't welcome you back. Okay, that's no, fine. That's fine. But, but, yeah. <laughs> so I've, it's been it's been such a joy and such an inspiring conversation of, of, of overarching conversation. I just am really I feel all the things that one wants to feel when talking about Star Trek. So this has been really, mm-hmm. really wonderful. You've been a fa- like now you're a top notch guest. Um, one of the things I'm so curious about and Trent was asking this before. We don't know exactly when this quote was from, because part of me wonders if it was the 80s, because, again, I'm. 4,500 years old. And in the 80s, we had an early, my dad was into computers before anyone else had an early version of the internet. It was literally just a chat mm-hmm. room over, it wasn't the internet, wasn't anything. I'm talking very early 80s. So it's very Gutenberg press, the internet, right? Mm-hmm. It is an equalizer in a sense. I wish it was free for everyone. But much in the same way, Gutenberg, the, the press changed everything. All of a sudden, you could get that information out to anyone who could read, which was not a lot of people at the time. But you could get mm-hmm. that info mm-hmm. out. We are now living in that age, actually. Mm-hmm. And we do cat memes. No, we do a lot of big stuff. <laughs> no, we do a lot of big stuff. What are your thoughts on this quote, Mary? Yes, I mean, I think it, it is interesting that regardless of when he said it during the time that he was alive, that it was relevant then and even more relevant now. I think, you know, again, mm-hmm. it speaks to the progression of of humankind that, you know, we do have the potential to really expand and be better and to reach out. And obviously we get in our own way a lot, <laughs> which is why we keep mm-hmm. telling these stories and keep having to ha- show a mirror to ourselves because we we, you know, we're not perfect. Life is is not perfect. What? What? Yeah, what? What? Uh-oh. Better. <laughs> no, what a way to end. Uh, life is not perfect. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, good luck with that. I'm going to go off to Kronos and you guys can figure out your humans. Um, <laughs> um, but I do, yeah, it, I, I think it's a it's a, so, so great that he referenced specifically, yeah, the Gutenberg Press and, and the impact that that made and what you were saying, too, about, like, it began that expansion. And even though not everyone exactly has the same level of internet access, it there it is more widespread. And certainly coming out of the year we just had where we had to recalibrate our level of communication 
in profound ways. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, I found it to be a time of equalizing. But also I found it interesting that I think I had almost even more of a hope that like, oh, now that everyone's in their homes in a certain way, we're all really going to realize how much we all are the same or, yeah. or, or mm -hmm. you know, need to celebrate our our um, the the expanse of, of all of us. And it was interesting to observe how even within that it's our human tendencies. I was saying in the in the previous episode, create a hierarchy that we still there mm -hmm. were still ways in which uh, we could conquer in this this way that we you know we have not uh surpassed that quality in ourselves as humans sadly but not to be a negative nancy because i am clearly not as we know i'm a very happy enthusiastic person mostly um <laughs> i i do celebrate that we are in this time where exactly like what i can access on my phone mm -hmm. uh, information wise mm -hmm. Uh, how it allows me to, and again this year with Zoom, the Zoom of it all, mm -hmm. the amount of communication I've been able to have with people globally. And I've felt that impact just in the, you know, the past few years with um, conventions and everything. The fact that I've been able to travel to Germany, to England, uh, to, I would even celebrate even more the fact that I got to go to all these wonderful small towns throughout America, mm -hmm. places I never mm -hmm. would have gone otherwise. I mean, I love the large, big uh, uh, Star Trek conventions, but the smaller, you know, locally run ones are so special as well because it's so much about the community being together. But there's more one-on-one -on -one with the fans, right? As opposed to mm -hmm. a bigger Comic-Con, it's like impossible yeah. to get into to Hall A, but... Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, Trent, one of the things that I think is interesting about technology and the internet, especially also video cassettes back in mm -hmm. the day, is that they did mm -hmm. actually bring, I think, especially when we're talking about gay men, right? You saw mm -hmm. more images of things that were considered other, like my blackness, your mm -hmm. gayness, whatever mm -hmm. is other mm -hmm. about us. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you were seeing more images mm -hmm. of that and it mm -hmm. was part of normalizing it. And even to that extent, I threw in videotape because, you know, videotape really revolutionized not just the porn industry, but, <laughs> <laughs> but everything. But everything. Yeah. The ability to record a TV show and watch it mm -hmm. over and over. We take it for granted now. We can stream, we can binge, yeah. you know, countless seasons on any of the streaming services. But back in the 80s or even in the 90s, it aired one time. Maybe it would be in reruns years down the line. But if you missed it, you missed it. So the ability to be able to record onto a cassette and hold onto it and watch it over and over and over again, that was a revolution and that was a miracle and for Trent, me when your, I was young. your blog... And everything, a lot of how you mm -hmm. came up and got attention was due to tech, right? Yeah, like yeah. It was like the democratization of the press. You know, I was writing daily, whereas uh, magazines were being published weekly. So I had the jump mm. on the, you know, the entertainment news daily. And that is what served me very well. And I'm very thankful for that. But then I could see as as the years went on that social media was encroaching on even the the daily things that I would oh, write. Wait, even a daily blog? Because I get how your blog jumped. Magazines used to have a three-month mm -hmm. lead time, mm -hmm. meaning you would mm -hmm. do the interview and it wouldn't be in the magazine for three for sure. whole for sure. months. And the world has changed exponentially in those three months, right? Yeah. Or think about the ones that were published weekly. And I, you know, I was publishing every single day. And then I saw that it, social media is instant. Uh, Mary, when you tweet, you tweet it instantly and then it's retweeted and your fans are retweeting it and it's it takes off, you know, mm -hmm. instantly. Blogs cannot compete with that. Well, it also, and that's but, when I saw. 
sorry. So I ahead. saw the writing on the wall and I was just like, okay, my time in this in the sun has, has is setting. Let me cash out on my own terms. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and here I am. I still think a blog, though, has more. I, listen, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and all that all the time. But there's something kind mm-hmm. of so ephemeral and, and, and they get lost in the ether pretty quickly. What we throw yeah. out. That's true. On That's Twitter, true. unless it grabs hold. So I still like a blog and things where I can read a long format, to mm-hmm. be totally honest. Mm-hmm. What, Mary, any other thoughts you have on this particular quote and as far as how it's changing our communication beyond what we ever thought was possible with, with our new tech world? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, speaking to yeah the, the, the Twitter and the Instagram of it all, I think, you know, it's what uh, again, and then tying it back to conventions and, and the Star Trek fandom is that when I was officially announced in my casting and I had just gotten a Twitter uh, because I was like, oh, I think that would probably be good. <laughs> it seems like, you know, they're going to announce it. And the amount of welcome that came from this online community immediately I was having, you know, people tweeting at me saying, welcome to the family. Mm. And, um, you mm-hmm. know, of course, since then, since, you know, and I, I engaged right away because I was excited and I was, you know, I was watching episodes and, you know, it was uh, I built that vocabulary, vocabulary <laughs> with everyone so, so quickly. And then I've had the experience of people I've interacted with online, then meeting them in person at the convention. I'll either get the heads up, they'll tweet at me like, I'll be, you know, at your panel today and then I'll see them you know in the crowd and you know it's it's and I get um, a beautiful artist Steffi from Germany she had been drawing pictures of a lot of us in the cast mm. we started chatting and I was reposting her work and we did get to meet when I was in Dortmund and uh, she continues to do a lot of I have a whole self-portrait series I do on Instagram that's kind of like my that's my side uh, little creative oh are you, are, do you use a real can't do you use a proper camera or iPhone? I actually so the I use the iPhone. I have a very I, inspired by Cindy Sherman's work. Yeah, yeah, I um, love her. I, I love her work. So, yes. Yeah. So yeah, right. I, I don't know if you got there. There have been a few great exhibits in the past like ten years or so, and I'm a big art history nerd in general. I really, really loved particularly her original, the black and white photos that she did, kind of around New York, that play to images you feel like you saw in a movie but aren't them for those, and so for those who don't know Cindy Sherman it's sort of self-portraiture as opposed to selfie <laughs> there's a big yes, difference yes mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yes go look up her work <laughs> yeah yeah and uh basically the self-portrait series is kind of inspired by that uh, but it, it it's I use the phone but I don't look at it's not in selfie mode yeah, yeah, it's on yeah. the timer mm-hmm. and then it's using found areas but Steffi's recreated those and all that sort of stuff oh. but the ima- the fact that I have this relationship with this woman in Germany who I never have, would have met before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been able to meet in person when I was mm-hmm. there we've been able to communicate this year on Zoom and various things we've been able to collaborate on other projects like that's prof- that's just amazing. It is, but okay, that I, I just happen. have to jump. I love all that. And I love connecting with people who see my stuff and da da da. But I've also got to have to, I just have to jump in and warn people about Stranger Danger, too, right? Like, just be yes. a little. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I'd be remiss not to say that because I had a stalker and a 10 year restraining order of social media. And I just yes. want to say you can make internet friends, but just make sure some people are meant to be yes. internet friends, okay? And picking up from what you said, um, Mary, like, some of my really, really good friends are friends I've never met. I have a friend, Patrick, who lives in New York. I've known him since the blog days. We met, you mm-hmm. know, uh, through the blog. And then, you know, on social media, we've stayed in contact. We talk about Drag Race whenever it's on. We always, you know, back and forth. And he's one of my really, really good friends. And we've never actually met. And it's amazing that 
that technology and the way that we communicate now has fostered real relationships that are completely digital. Mm -hmm. So my personal feeling is someday we'll have all this like, you know, contacts in our eyes or things implanted Uh in us Uh where it'll just be instantaneous communication. So what do you think? Like, what do you think is going to happen then? What's the next step for us? Do we become weirder and even more self-involved when that happens? Or do we (sighs) actually use it to connect? So how do you even get more instant than instant you know like how do you compete with that it's in your if brain I, it's in your yeah, brain if i if i had to guess and we talked about this earlier rachel if if we're able to unlock the full potential of our brain's capacity we oh only use around 10 percent. give me right? my other 90 percent, and i can fly yeah maybe yeah. we have the ability to fly or to telepathically communicate Wait, but with that we another. already do you you listen people if you access your intuition your energy frequency and mm-hmm. vibration you can pick up on things, the thoughts of others, the energy. I think that's already here. That's within the 10% we already have, to be honest. So, it's so how you would say you've developed it. So you'd say those are the seeds of maybe the next jump in our communication technology, maybe figuring out how to like harness well, that. And Mary, and, I'm curious what mm. you think about this, but I personally think uh, uh, telepathy, intuition, uh, mm. you know, gut into instinct. It saved us mm-hmm. as cavemen. I think we probably my yeah. my my hypothesis is we probably relied more on te- that kind of psychic stuff way back in caveman days. We lost it. We lost Mm -hmm. that or some people lost the ability. And then here we are rediscovering it now. But that's just me. What do you think, Mary? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that is, you know, and it it is the theme of so many uh, sci-fi stories in general and certainly in Trek is what is that? What is that gut instinct? What is that quality, that human quality? Is that lost Uh in the in it with the technology or is it amplified? Uh Is it a mixture? Is it, you know, like I would hope that as we continue to, you know, become more digitally advanced and, and whatnot, that it is more of an amplifier than something that negates. Mary, you're a little, you're a little psychic, right? You know you are. You know you are. Trent, absolutely, absolutely. I can tell. Trent, do you feel like you're a little? Because I know I'm a little psychic. People always get weirded out that I know it's never anything helpful, though. It's always no, it is. Sometimes it's helpful, but it's always random things that I'll pick up on. What about you, Trent? Do you get a sense? I get a sense. I have feelings. I wouldn't say it's as as honed as as maybe yours because I don't feel like I have control over it. But that's because I honed I, it. It's yeah, only because mm, I yeah. honed it. We all have that. What my point to is, you feel it. If mm-hmm. you developed yeah. it more, it's right there for you. Mm-hmm. That's so my it's like guess. a muscle. Yeah. It's like a muscle. It is to a work muscle. With. And mm-hmm. once once we have all this stuff implanted in our brain, it'll be interesting to see if that muscle atrophies or mm-hmm. if it actually expands and grows and helps us. I think it will. I mean. I have to because I'm like Gene Roddenberry, an optimist. I'm a cynical, stoical optimist. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say I think he, you know, and and all of Star Trek shows that in in the species that we see and our relationship with technology in the in the utopian society he created, that there still is various forms of spirituality Uh and um, mm-hmm. Again, we see it a lot with the Klingons. We see it with the Bajorans. I uh-huh. mean, but yeah. you know, Vulcans. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all of the different species. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, emphasize more with certain cultures, and that there is still a synthesis of that. And you know, maybe we have different terms for it. Again, I think that's so. That's I think one of the biggest parts of our evolution as a species is things that have been innately 
you know, happening always. Like people have existed and express, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be sexuality or obviously we know that there's been a multitude of just different people being themselves, but now we are just developing terminology that is ever evolving. And again, we don't speak Shakespearean English, but he was inventing words. So mm -hmm. he was already expanding mm -hmm. the vernacular. Yep. So I think again, in line with that, it's like, I hope that this technological vocabulary that we're building as well is something that is, again, leading us towards being more in contact with that side of ourselves, that it's not saying, we can't be in touch with with our with our soul or our spirit I'm or our humanity, of, whatever term. I'm kind of envious of people who live, if providing we're still here a few hundred years, because I want all that tech stuff. I want yeah. to fly the stars. Yeah. I want to do all that, and 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 I can't. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like Trent. Trent and I have had an amazing time with you this week, Mary, and we're so. It has been such a pleasure. Yeah, we're so appreciative that you took the time out, and um, it means even more, I think, because this is a, a podcast celebrating Gene Roddenberry, and to see the the reverence and love mm -hmm. and appreciation mm -hmm. that you have for booking that job and then getting to play that character is amazing. Because you know, you never know with performers, and people are like, yeah, mm hmm. And you have just this deep appreciation, and, and I really respond to that kind of thing because I feel like the more we say in gratitude, the more we can actually be in alignment with Gene Roddenberry's mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. What do you, mm -hmm. Trent? Oh, absolutely. 100% sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Yes, I definitely agree. And I'm just so moved. The opportunities like this to be able to have this expansive of a conversation is is just a gift that keeps giving when it comes to Trek and meeting new wonderful people like yourselves. I mean, it's just... So exactly, living in that gratitude. Yeah, life is tough and hard as we've as we've talked about all week, but I know that that you know, when when we all come together and celebrate our authentic selves together, we're going to we're going to reach something better. I think those are beautiful words to end on. So if you guys want to see the video of the cast of characters we have reading the quotes, you can check them out on the uh, Roddenberry social media pages on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And thank you, Mary, so much for all of these amazing conversations we had this week. And we hope that you will join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Ciao. Kapla! <laughs> Love it. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 